This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. So do we have an opening? Uh, no, I forgot about the show all week. Oh. Okay. From Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm BP Burke. And I'm Pedro Zamora. Are you dying of AIDS? I'm not dying of AIDS. I'm living with it. Oh, well, I'm glad. I remember he said that. He did, and then he died. Of AIDS. Yeah. Yeah, he was wrong. <laughs> well, he was living with it at the time, but then he died of it. Right. So. That yeah, he, was, he was just wrong, though. He was dying of it. He was stupid. Well, I think he was more optimistic than stupid, but I guess that's a perspective thing. Yeah, I like Puck. <laughs> you would like Puck. I did like Puck. You were a Puckish rogue. I I liked Puck a lot back then. He was my favorite. Did he, like, put his finger in the peanut butter? And- yeah, I know they kicked him out of the house. Yeah. They kicked him out of the house, and he's like a bike messenger, right? Yeah, he was fucking, he was cool. He was, he was like the, he was an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. You know? Or a villain. He wasn't a villain, though. That's the thing, is, like, he never really had, I don't think he had, like, horrible intentions. By the way, I'm sick. Still. Which is, yeah, I'm still yeah. sick. Um. I think my voice is worse now than it was last week. Yeah, this one's lingering. You usually kick stuff pretty quickly. This one... Did I have to let it linger? Did, did I have, have to? to? Did you have to? Did I have to? I think you did. Mm. Your immune system's doing the best it can. It can't be as strong as mine because I didn't even get sick. Right. That's That's what I do. So, this week we've got Son of Sam coming up. This episode we release on monday this monday is the 29th of july it is the 43rd anniversary i believe of the first shooting of the son of sam um uh attacks yeah 43rd it was in 1976 so that would be 43 years ago and then so is it 43 years or the 43rd anniversary? It is the 42nd anniversary. It's been 43 Thank years. you. I got it right for once. There we go. You're right. Yeah, it's the 42nd anniversary. It was 43 years ago today. Yeah, that's how that works. So in 19- By the way, uh, I'm not going to uh, mention what kind of cough drop or somebody have like a patent on the name cough or a copyright on the name no, cough No, I think drop. cough drop is a... That's like a generic term yeah. you can use. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say which one. You know? A lozenge, you could say, too. When I was a kid, we would say lozenger. Yeah, my grandmother would always say lozenger. Yeah. Have a throat lozenger. I think it's because if the word was lozenger, mm-hmm. people would say lozenges. Yeah. You know, or lozenges, like... Is that why? No, it would be a lozenge, but it's lozenges. Right, but people would say, yeah. So I think it was like a reversal type yeah. thing. Yeah. I think it might be passing to me. I, have a, I feel a sneeze coming on. I don't think I saw it works. <laughs> That's gross. Bless me. No. Okay. I, I am atheist. All right. All right. Let's get on with the show, man. Uh, I've been waiting all week for the show. I forgot about the show. I had no idea. I, I do I, a podcast? Yeah. I literally called you this morning. Now, we are only uh, a few rooms away from each other, uh-huh. but I called you and I, I said, hey. And then you were like, 
Yeah. And then I said, are we doing a show today? And you were like, yep. Uh And I was like, I forgot. So, like, what's the (laughs) show about? And then you were like, well, we talk murder. And I go, no, 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 not not the whole show. This particular episode. You and I are friends, and we've been friends for a long time, and we're going to gather and discuss things. That's how the show works. I got that basic. My name is Brian. Yes. Don't you know me? But you go by BP. Yeah, but I go by BP. Right. Well, the B stands for Brian. Right. And the P stands for Paddington. Person. Oh. Oh. Pa- uh, really? Paddington? Brian Paddington Burke. That is my name. Paddington. Yeah. Huh. My parents are very big fans of the bear. Right. I used to like the bear when I was a kid. I liked the bear a lot. And the marmalade. Mm. Yeah, marmalade's delicious on toast. Yeah. My grandpa always had marmalade in the house. He always kept an orange marmalade. Delicious. Yeah. He made chocolate milk a lot, too. Mm, also delicious. Yeah. I miss my grandpa. He died. I miss your grandpa, too. Your grandpa was cool. Oh, yeah. That's right. You knew my grandpa. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we're friends, and we have been for a quarter of a century longer. Shit. <laughs> so. Oh, well, anyway, uh, going back, I am eating these these cough things mm-hmm. lozenges lozenges <laughs> the lozenge give me a lozenger and uh, i'm not gonna say who it is mm-hmm. unless they want to sponsor us where yeah, my dude nice. sponsored by rooms rooms cough drops right so did you have like a specific brand of cough drops that you would use a lot when you were a kid because whenever i had a Loudons? cough ludens yeah that's Ludens. what i was gonna say that's the, the wild cherry ones right mm-hmm. yeah that's and i never use them now like if i i, I, I usually uh-huh. buy the store or- brand Rooms, rooms. It was Ludens. I thought it was Loudens. Is it Ludens? I think it's Ludens or uh, yeah. I mean, we never really got like Ricola or anything. Ricola, like we didn't. Yeah, like now I'll get the store brand, but yeah, yeah. It was always because it it wouldn't come in a bag. We come in a box, Mm -hmm. like a almost like a box of like Mike and Ike or something. Oh, I thought no. I'm pretty sure it was a box. I remember. I remember these things being in tins. Huh? Maybe they were. Yeah. That is neither. That's neither here nor there. Oh, it's there. Oh, it's there. In the past. In the past, yeah. Way in the past. Well, we are talking about things that happened in the past. Yeah. Later. Right now, we're going to talk about things that happened this week in murder. That's where we should have, like, a (laughs) jingle. We'll get there. Yeah. So, first story here. FBI found bucket of heads, arms, and legs, bodies sewn together at Arizona Body Donation Facility. This is coming to us via the Tribune Media Wire. I wouldn't. The only way I would be like not too grossed out by this, or I'd still be grossed out, but okay, if it was in like a KFC bucket, <laughs> and coated in eleven herbs and spices, or like an HFC, like human fried, KFH or Kentucky human fried, fried human, Kentucky fried humans. So KFH, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going human, human fried chicken, but human, that doesn't make sense. Human, human fr- fried people. Well, Kentucky H- fried chicken doesn't make sense either, because I get that shit way outside of Kentucky. Yeah. I've never been to Kentucky. I've eaten a lot of KFC. Right. But. I guess- that's because KFC, they can't really call it Kentucky. Yes, for- oh, wait, can. that's right. It's all plastered all over their buildings. Yeah. And on their buckets. I guess human fried chicken is if you use, like, human body fat as the oil that you cook the chicken in or fry the chicken in. Yeah. That like chicken fried steak. Fried chicken. Yeah. 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 Chicken fried chicken. Chicken fried chicken. Yeah. Human fried human. Human fried human. Mm. Mm. I would slow roast a human. It's supposed to taste like pig. They always call human long pig. Long like pig. Animals, yeah, well, though. we did an episode called Long yeah. Pig, my dude. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think if I was making human, if I was preparing human meat, 
I would probably try to slow roast it. What condiment would you use? A barbecue sauce. I'm gonna, I'm oh, gonna, really? I'm gonna do a dry rub. I'm gonna put it on low and slow in like a big pit. Are you gonna, gonna do like dry rub smoker. and then and then sauce too? Yeah, yeah, sauce it too. Because yeah. the sauce is the boss. You we know this. It. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, just a pure dry rub. No, thank you. By the way, for me, dry rub. Uh huh. And crystal hot sauce. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can't go wrong with crystal Can hot sauce. Can we get sponsored by crystal hot sauce? Hit we us up. literally both have bottles of crystal hot sauce directly to our right. Wow, that's hands weird. Of, that's weird. We really do. We literally yes, do. We do. On my table, I have a bottle of crystal hot. That says something about us. We love our hot sauce. We do love our hot sauce. We carry it around in our purse. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. We, we always have hot sauce in our purse. Yeah. Whatever we we're, share our purse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, we sound like we're all like boxers. Yeah, we got a quarter of the purse. We got a winner share of the purse. Yeah, that's where we carry a hot sauce. And my manager's going to take 10%. He's robbing me blind. We always uh, carry hot sauce when we go into the black neighborhoods. Because <laughs> we're like, oh shit, how are we going to assimilate? Oh, I got it. Hot sauce. That's what Hillary did. Look yeah. what it did for her. Oh, <laughs> shit. Hmm. So anyway, a lawsuit testimony provides gruesome details of a, it should be NFBI, there's a typo in this article, a, a, an FBI raid in which agents found buckets full of body parts and a body made of sewn-together parts from different people that was hung up on a wall at an Arizona body Who wrote this? Center. A fucking kindergartner? Maybe this is one of those automated things, like, they're... Writers are getting nervous now because automation's coming for them too. Like a lot of press releases and especially things about like stocks and things like that, it's written by AI. There's not a person writing it. What? Like, they're they're trying to get computers to write stuff now. I don't like this. This is why you got to vote for Andrew Yang, who is not a sponsor, but he's got the right idea with this. They're coming for our gerbs thing. I don't like. Uh... Like crazy futuristic shit like that. I don't like sci-fi like that. I, I think we've reached the peak, and I think that this is where it should stop. I don't want any more. I don't want. I, I don't. I don't want us to fucking pluck out our memories and put it in a robot. You're all about that shit. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna live forever. Fuck that. I don't. I, you sound like you're gonna live for about another six minutes. Yeah. Are you counting down? Six minutes, Slim Shady. You're on. Let's finish this goddamn article. This <laughs> Let's is- finish this goddamn show. So according to KTVK, which is a local television station there in Arizona. Is it? The, yes. The FBI, I don't trust anything by this article. The FBI rated the biological... Is that even a thing? The FBI is a thing, oh. yes. They rated the Biological Resource Center, BRC, located in Phoenix, yeah. in 2014 as part of a multi-state human body parts trafficking raid. One agent claimed he found, quote, a cooler filled with male genitalia... A bucket of head, heads, arms, and legs, infected heads, infected heads, infected heads, yeah. and a small woman's head sewn onto a large male torso like Frankenstein and hung up on the wall, the news outlet reports. Uh, is this thing real? Yes. This is real. The lawsuit says also says bodies were cut apart using chainsaws and bandsaws, and that pools of blood and bodily fluids were found on the freezer floor. I can only imagine a bandsaw is like just a chainsaw that a whole band uses. <laughs> So, yeah, like, um, this is one of those places where if you donate your body to science, this is where it was being sent. So people would donate their bodies thinking that it's going to be used for, like, medical research to train doctors to do things like that. And now they're just, like, cutting people up, have a bucket full of dicks and balls. But what? what, Okay, so so they have have buckets of these parts, but what are they doing with them? I I don't know if these are, like, leftover parts or because 
theoretically, the way because I I would love I think that's what I'm going to do when I die is I want to do cold body donation. Um, so basically, they'll use your body for whatever scientific stuff they want to do, like any research, and then whatever's left over, they cremate it, and then they they can get your ashes sent to whomever. Okay. But with this one, they were just fucking around with the bodies and just cutting things up and. Or are they doing it for fun? It seems like it, yeah. It's like, oh, let's just well, sew this woman's a, yeah, head onto this body. Yeah, I don't think there's a scientific purpose for taking a small woman's head and putting it on a large man's body. Maybe they're saying if they could do, like, like head... Transplants? Transplants. Well, you you would need to have... You need to try that with living things. I mean, uh, yes, we can sew a head onto another body, but it's like connecting the spinal cord and, and shit like that would be the problem. Yeah, how do you... And the brainstem. Well, that's why head transplants are very hard. Right. They, they are working on brain transplants. Though, they need they? to do these with animals. And I know that people are against using animals as guinea pigs or guinea pigs as guinea pigs. I want to use, use a guinea pig as a guinea pig. I want to use a guinea pig as a rooster and then use a rooster as an iguana and then use an iguana as a guinea pig. It's going to have a wild circle. Yeah. I like it. I think we should do that. And we should sew them all together. Right. And, I, I am all. And then you have a turducken. I. You have a Gin, iguanster, a pig, guan, piguana, pig, piguana. Pig, a pig wooster. Hmm. A pig wooster. We'll have to work on this name. Yeah. We'll okay. come back to it. We'll yeah. revisit this later. Yeah, I don't think we will. Hmm. So the other news, big news this week, probably the biggest news in crime, punishment, murder. Uh, President Donald Trump and Attorney General William Barr have revived the federal death penalty, which has been inactive for 16 years. And they have scheduled five executions. Of course they have. They're going to be the first federal executions in six in 16 years. Of course. Which would have been when Bush was president. So this seems to be a thing that only pops up when we get a Republican in office. And so I just wanted to run through the five people whose education or educations, executions. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Whose executions are scheduled. I have Lesmond Mitchell, 37, who killed a woman and her granddaughter. Uh, he was convicted of in 2003 of killing a grandmother and her nine-year-old granddaughter within the Navajo Nation in northeastern Arizona. Okay. Major crimes within the Navajo Nation fall under federal jurisdiction when either the perpetrators or victims, or as in this case, both, are members of the Navajo Nation. A jury decided that Mr. Mitchell should face a death penalty. So, yeah, federal death penalty is for a federal crime. So all these crimes are federal. Like, if you yes. if you kill somebody... Yes, that's and, what federal yeah. means. Yeah. Federal. Mm-hmm. So if you kill somebody in a state that doesn't have the death penalty, unless it's a federal crime, you're not going to get the death penalty. And uh, so that person, uh, Lesmond Mitchell, his execution is scheduled for December 11th. Never forget. Then we have Wesley Perky, 67, who killed a 16-year-old girl and an 80-year-old woman. Uh, He's from Lansing, Kansas. He kidnapped a 16-year-old girl, Jennifer Long, in Kansas City and brought her to his house where he raped her repeatedly and after killing her, dismembered and burned her body. Yeah, it's funny. I have like a great, great grandmother or something like that named Jenny Long. Huh. Yeah. And the Kansas City Star reported last year that the girl's murder in 1998 was nearly forgotten until one of her childhood friends contacted a true crime podcast, which featured her in an episode. Hmm. Federal prosecutors pursued the case because Mr. Perky had brought the teenager across state lines from Missouri to Kansas. Okay. Uh, Mr. Perky was sentenced to death for the crime of kidnapping a child resulting in the child's death. Months before the murder, Mr. Perky had also used a hammer to kill Mary Bales, an 80-year-old woman who suffered from polio. And his execution is scheduled for December 13th. Polio? 
Yeah. I thought that there is a vaccine. She's 80. I think that's would have put her. And she was 80 in when did this happen? 1998. So she was born in 19. Okay. 18. Okay. And they didn't have the polio vaccine in 1918. But doesn't. That was when my grandmother was born. So is the vaccine only like. If you already have polio, it's not going to cure it. Right. It just prevents you from getting it. Gotcha. So she was probably already had polio by the time they had the vaccine. But she lived to be 80 with polio? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. FDR lived pretty long. Did he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. He was president for like 16 years. Oh, okay. I don't know if he was 80, but he was he was up there. So his execution is scheduled for December, December 13th. December 13th. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you have Daniel Lee, 46, who wanted to create a white republic. Daniel Lee, a white supremacist who lived in Oklahoma, was convicted in 1999 of murdering an Arkansas gun dealer, William Mueller. So this is how they can get around like, oh, look. You know, we're, we're not playing favorites. Yeah, we're not racist. Yeah. We're killing a racist. Yeah, we're, we're killing a racist. Wait, what? Killing's bad, isn't it? I, I believe so, yes. And Daniel Lee was convicted in 1999 of murdering an Arkansas gun dealer, William Mueller, as long as his wife, Nancy Mueller, and her eight-year-old daughter, Sarah Powell. Mr. Lee broke into the family's home in Tilly, Arkansas in, in January 1996 with an accomplice, Chevy Kehoe, and together they suffocated the family before throwing them in the Illinois bayou. According to the Justice Department, the bodies were not found until June when a woman who was fishing discovered a shoe and a bone. His execution, I believe he's going to be the first one executed if all goes according to schedule. It's slated for December 9th. So these are all December. Uh, yeah, they're okay. They're all in December. We have Alfred Bourgeois, 55, who Bourgeois, tortured Bourgeois. and killed his daughter. And Mr. Bourgeois, a trucker from La Place, Illinois, or Illinois, Louisiana. That's what L.A. means. Uh La L.A. Place, L.A. Uh, Mr. Bourgeois was sentenced to death in 2004 after he was convicted of murdering his two-year-old daughter at a naval air station in Corpus Christi, making it a federal crime. Oh, at his man. trial, eight people who eight people who knew Mr. Bourgeois, including family members, said that they had been threatened or assaulted by him, according to the Plainview Daily Herald. They said he had tortured and repeatedly beaten beaten his daughter. Referred to as JG in court documents. In the We're going to pretend like her. you just got through that whole thing without any stutters, stammers, or, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. And of the five men whom the Justice Department said it wanted to execute, Mr. Bourgeois is the only one who is black, even though the federal death row is composed of a disproportionate number of black men. The Justice Department is seeking to execute Mr. Bourgeois on January 13th. So this okay. one isn't December. And then we have Dustin Honkin, 51. Well, I would say that they were starting in December. Yeah, they are starting in December, yes. And he is convicted of killing five people, including two children. Mr. Honkin of Mason City, Iowa, killed five people in 1993 with the help of his girlfriend, who was once one of only two women on federal death row. Described as the kingpin of a methamphetamine operation, Mr. Honkin killed two men who were fellow drug dealers, Terry DeGoose and Gregory Nicholson, as well as Mr. Nicholson's girlfriend, Lori Duncan, and her two daughters, ages 6 and 10. The Justice Department said the two men had planned to testify against Mr. Honkin. Iowa does not have the death penalty, but Mr. Honkin was found guilty of 17 federal crimes, including tampering with witnesses, conspiracy to commit murder, and multiple counts of a federal crime known as the Kingpin Statute, which meant he could be executed by the federal government, and his execution is scheduled for January 15th. So those are your five. Those are your starting lineups for more state-sponsored murder, my dude. Yeah. And you don't like this. I disagree with the death penalty, fundamentally. Right. Penalty, fundamentally. Yeah. 
because of uh there's the risk of executing innocent people yeah which we we know it's happened well of course there are certain cases course. we are pretty sure that, that that person was not guilty and they were but executed. but if, if if that wasn't a thing if we knew 100 percent that the person was guilty you'd still be against it yes i i don't like the idea of state-sponsored murder yeah i'm that's where i don't I'm like o- people murdering other people that's where name. i'm okay with it i'm okay with the fact that like if it's somebody it's like i i don't think we should be putting up like housing somebody that is okay this guy took these lives and now that they're getting like free room and board basically uh you know to me it's like you're a cancer let's eradicate the cancer um the my main reason for being against it is because of false confessions and the fact that there could be you know eyewitness testimony is yeah. ridiculously ridiculously flawed um and those two are the big reasons i know we brought that up a lot but those yeah. are the two biggest things that lead to guilty people being or innocent people being found guilty here uh the number one by far is eyewitness testimony that's wrong right and and, 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 and why should we put somebody to death that possibly didn't do it right you know mm-hmm. it's it's such a fucked up thing for other people it's like ah, yeah, fuck it who cares and it's like well i care i don't want somebody dying that didn't do it the problem is where it, where it gets real hard are the people that do confess to things that they didn't do you know, that's right. that's tough. It's mm-hmm. really tough when when they're like, yeah, I killed that little girl and then they didn't kill the little girl. And it's like, but you dumb motherfucker. Why did you say you did? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it, Well, they trick people into it and they make it they make people feel like if they feel like somebody's the, the guy, then they'll kind of make it seem like the best thing for them to do is just confess because they're going to they're going to they're going to get convicted anyway. That we can, if you help us, we can help you. The, the cops will tell you any. They can't promise you a deal because only a lawyer can do that. But they'll they'll try to make it sound like this. The best thing you can do is is to fess up, even if you didn't do it. It's crazy. It is, yeah. But that's that's the way it goes. That's the way our our justice system is. And speaking of people who may have confessed to some things they didn't do, there's a little tease. Our feature story this week is about the son of Sam. Now, I, I, I say that, and I, don't, I want to kind of ruin the tease right away. David Berkowitz is absolutely a murderer. He is absolutely a murderer, and the only question is, how many people did he murder, and did he act alone? Those are the two big questions with David Berkowitz. So let's jump right into it. So this starts with Betty Broder, is who our story is going to start with. She was a woman from a poor Jewish family, and her husband... And her uh, had been divorced. Her husband was a man named Tony Falco. Ooh, rock me, Amadeus. Ooh. And they were married for a few years, but at this point they had been divorced much longer than they had been married when Betty gave birth to Richard David Falco in 1953. And despite the fact that they, I think they'd been broken up for like 10 years at this point. They were married for, I think, like three or four years and had been broken up for about eight to 10 years. She still gave the kid. The last name Falco. And the boy's likely father was a married man named Joseph Kleinman. And he wasn't interested in having a child with his mistress. And he didn't want that child to have his name. And there were rumors that he threatened to abandon Betty if she tried to keep the baby. That actually sounds very similar to my grandmom and my uncle's situation. 
my uh my dad's older brother jimmy mm-hmm. um so he was my uncle jimmy riley uh-huh. i grew up with him as jimmy riley my, my jimmy old, wells no he no. was riley um and uh i'm breaking down the fourth wall here okay yeah and he was actually born james dever okay uh which is my grandmother's maiden name right mm-hmm. but so he's born james dever she gives well that you know she gives that name uh but then she, he ends up taking the name riley which is my dad's last name right um because my mom my grandmom marries my grandfather but my grand uh my uncle's real uh last name should have been Brocco. Mm-hmm. what happened was my grandmom got knocked up by a guy in the mob right some as as often happens yeah some guy with the last name Brocco, who was like part of like this big mob thing from back in the day do you think he was related to lorraine Brocco? that'd be crazy that's the stretch yeah um but no but there were these Broccos that were this prominent like mob family in philly uh-huh. and the these the big mob dude right who with the last name Brocco was my uncle Jimmy's dad. Okay. Um but he never grew up knowing him. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he didn't know anything about that guy. Uh other than the fact that that was his fucking like biological excuse me, biological father. But yeah. So it's just weird. Like you're you're telling me a story and it's just clicking in my head. I'm like, oh shit, that shit was basically happening with my grandma yeah, and my That should happen a lot. Yeah. That should happen a lot. Like, everybody thinks it's, like, loving husband, loving wife, white picket fences. No. No, it wasn't always like that. All right. So, let's go back to Betty mm-hmm. and Falco and what was the other last name? Kleinman. Kleinman. Okay. So, Betty. <coughs> excuse me. Betty gives birth to a son named. What was his name? Richard Falco. Richard David Falco. Richard. Okay. Mm-hmm. But his last name should have been Kleinman. Kleinman. Yeah. Because she was having an affair with Joseph Kleinman, who was married to another woman. She got pregnant, and she gave the baby the name of her ex-husband, who she hadn't been with for almost 10 years. But that's not where it ends with the name. No, no, because no ma- whether it was because of the pressure from Joseph Kleinman or not, uh, what happened was Betty gave up Richard Falco for adoption. Okay. And he was adopted by a struggling Jewish couple who owned a very small hardware store, Pearl and Nathan Berkowitz. And when they adopted him, he was an infant. He was he was a baby still. They flipped around his first and middle name, so he becomes David Richard Berkowitz. Okay. And although there were no large-scale crimes and horror stories like you have with some serial killer childhoods, David was believed to have been an unruly child at best. He didn't have much interest in school, but he did have a very big interest well into his life uh, in setting fires. He was a firebug. He was intelligent, but neighbors described him as difficult, spoiled, a bully, and a thief. And then that's when he was a little kid. Now you have to add on the teen years. And they became more difficult for David when his adoptive mother, Pearl Berkowitz, died of breast cancer when David was 14. Nathan Berkowitz then later remarried a woman, and she didn't get along. The stepmother did not get along with David. So that's through his teen years. In 1971, David joined the army, spent some time in South Korea, and then he was honorably discharged in 1974. He came back to New York. Oh, was he? Okay. That's (laughs) your reading style, by the way. It goes like this. Did you ever notice that? uh, Yeah, I guess so. Oh, 
strange. So he, he that's just what I'm here for. I'm here to to kind of pick it apart, like a Thanksgiving turkey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he he what do you want to read it like Ben Stein? Just like no, but you know, you, track down just come up with a different style of reading, so you don't have to read like that. It's just weird. It's a weird cadence. He tracked down his natural mother and learned of his parentage, <laughs> which only seemed to amplify his paternal abandonment issues. Psychologists believe that learning that he was on one, it may have caused the break that turned David Berkowitz into the son of Sam. Son of Sam. And did you, uh, did you know, like, a lot about the son of Sam grow, uh, growing up? I knew a little bit. You would always hear about it. I remember, I remember there was always a commercial for, like, this videotape that was one of those Time Life things, like a Time Life book. Okay. But they were, it was a video series about serial killers. Okay. And it talked about Charles Manson and Ted Bundy and Son of Sam and and somebody was using acid to disfigure their fingerprints. And I remember always seeing that when I was a kid. Huh. But I never really jumped full in the Son of Sam until I was researching this episode. Right. And I remember there's that movie I never saw, but there's that Spike Lee movie, Summer of Sam. There's been a lot I of, saw that, yeah. There's been a lot of documentaries about it, too. So to jump back into it, now we're going to get to the, the good stuff. Uh, <laughs> the good stuff. The bad stuff. In 1975, David attacked a few random women, and he would tend to seek out the ones with dark, wavy hair, and that's because that's what he was into. He was into women with darker hair. He was basically go- uh, hunting down people he found attractive. He attacked two women on Christmas Eve 1975 with a hunting knife. One of them, Michelle Foreman, had to be hospitalized for her injuries. No one knows the name of the other woman. He di- she didn't get hurt enough to go to the hospital, so nobody ever really found out what her name was. And the fact that his you prayer- figure she would have came forward like, "Hey, that's me," you know, like yeah, I think she was underage. I think she was a teenager. Doesn't matter. Still, but- later on, you figure she'd come to some kind of tabloid and be like, "Yeah, that was me. This yeah. is what happened." Sell your story, lady. Come forward. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, now, but that gives like. Uh, carte blanche to anybody really yeah you know to be like yeah that was me prove it i can't so (laughs) so the fact that his prey escape led david uh to rethink this and he thought maybe the knife thing isn't gonna work for me because it's weird he's real one of the weirdest things about him as a serial killer is he's one of the few ones where his main weapon was a gun most okay. serial killers like to be more hands-on. They like a knife or strangling or something like that. Right, yeah. He's one of the few where his weapon of choice was a gun. I think Zodiac may have shot people, too. Uh, and the DC Sniper shot people, obviously. But I don't no- see I don't see DC Sniper as a serial DC killer. DC Sniper was more of a spree killer. killer. Yeah. yeah. There wasn't I, a cooling down period. Right. But the fact that all this was happening led David to buy a forty-four caliber bulldog handgun from an army buddy. And he bought that in June of 1976. Again, by the way, got to acknowledge it. Here's another murderer we're talking about who was in the military. Yeah, well, of course. And he got his weapon of choice from another guy in the military. Not that the guy knew what David Berkman was going to do with it or anything. Look, we know that psychologically these people get broken down. Yeah, you're trained to kill. Right. You can't switch that off. And for a while, even now, the mental health the mental health things that they're the services that are available to them aren't adequate. I'm I, my mom worked in a, a VA psych clinic. It's, it was a tough thing and, and they do all they can for these people, but it's hard. It's, it's hard to make sure everybody's getting the, the care that they need. 
And then things like this happen. On July 29th, 1976, so 43 years to the day from when this is going to be uploaded, David took his gun with him to Pelham Bay in the Bronx, and there he saw an 18-year-old woman, Donna Loria, exiting a car. David's presence startled Donna, and while she was in, in a super like, what's going on here, he pulled out his 44 from a brown paper bag, crouched to a knee, and fired a shot that killed her instantly. The next attack happened on October 23rd of that year in Flushing, Queens. Carl DeNaro and Rosemary Keenan... By the way, that is my uh, youngest son's birthday. Yeah. October 23rd, 1976. No, 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 no. Oh. No, it was October 23rd. Oh, okay. Yeah. Carl DeNaro and Rosemary Keenan were sitting in a car when one of the windows exploded out of nowhere. The couple sped off and their attacker kept firing. Keenan suffered minor wounds... But a part of Denaro's skull had to be replaced later. Denaro got the worst of it, obviously. Uh, but nobody died in that attack. Okay. He, there were a couple attacks that, that that Son of Sam had that nobody died, and this was one of them. And some of the shootings that took place in different boroughs of the city, and the bullets in the Denaro shooting were very damaged, so they didn't look like the bullets in the other one. So because it was so widespread, the police hadn't at this point put together that this is the same person with the same gun doing these things. Then yet another attack in late 1976, which wounded 19-year-old Donna DeMacy and rendered 18-year-old Joanne Lamino a paraplegic. David Berkowitz would kill again in January of 1977, allegedly. Christian Freund and John Deal, Christine, I think that would be, Christine Freund and John Deal were leaving a showing of the movie Rocky, and they were headed to a dance hall when three gunshots came through their car, wounding I don't think it would be Christine, I think it would be Christian, like you said. I think it was a woman, though. Yeah. Maybe it is Christian, yeah. Sister Christian. Christian. Could be Christian. Yeah. Whomever it was, they were they were killed. Uh John Deal was wounded and Freund Freund was killed. And police at this point began to realize that these forty four caliber shootings were probably connected. It was probably the same guy with the same gun. And then two months later, nineteen year old Virginia Voskarichian was gunned down while walking home from a class at Columbia University. Shortly after that, police held a press conference where the mayor of New York at the time, Abraham Bean, declared that all the deaths were related, and it came out later, though, that If the- this was a movie, by the way, uh-huh. and somebody came up with all these names, I would say, uh, no. You need easier names to remember. Yeah. So the mayor of New York then comes out and says all these deaths are related, but it came out later that the results matching the bullets for each crime scene were inconclusive. So when they came out and said to the public, all these shootings are the same guy with the same gun, they thought that was the case, but they weren't 100, there wasn't 100% conclusive evidence yet. Mm. The crimes continued, and now they were being coupled with letters from the killer that were being sent to police, rife with misspellings. So the first letter, the letter that was sent to the police, this is just an excerpt, an excerpt of it. I am deeply hurt by your calling me a women hater. W-E-M-O-N is how they, they uh, spell women here. I am not. But I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. I am a little brat. Well, maybe, maybe, like, somebody said, hey, you don't like Wimon. Wimon. Yeah, maybe it was a, uh, yeah, somebody with an accent. Yeah, Wimon. And it was like, I love Wimon. I I love Wimon. Oh, my God. I figured it out. It's a Jamaican. Yeah. Son of Sam's innocent. (laughs) It wasn't Berkowitz. It was, hey, I love the Wimon. When Father Sam when Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats his family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Sam loves to drink blood. Go out and kill, commands Father Sam. This was followed by a letter to Jimmy Breslin from the New York Daily News. 
Are you okay there? You got a bumble clock going on? Oh, okay. My microphone was down. I wasn't coughing directly into the mic. So, so Berkowitz then sends a letter to Jimmy Breslin of the New York, uh, the New York Daily News. Hello from the gutters of NYC, which are filled with dog manure, vomit, stale wine, urine, and blood. So far, pretty accurate. Yeah. Hello from the Still sewers to of this day. <laughs> Hello from the sewers of NYC, which swallow up these delicacies when they are washed. Wait, away. wait, wait, wait! Stop. He can spell delicacies, but he can't spell women. I guess so. Oh. Well, I think he might have been affecting something in that other that other. Okay. Letter. Hello from the sewers of NYC, which swallow up these delicacies when they are washed away by the sleeper trucks. <coughs> Hello from the cracks in the sidewalks of NYC, and from the ants that dwell in these cracks and feed in the dried blood of the dead that is settled into the tracks. JB, I'm just dropping you a line to know, to let you know that I appreciate your interest in these recent and horrendous 44 caliber killings. I also want to tell you that I read your column daily and I find it quite informative. Tell me, Jim, what do you think you will have for July 29th? You can forget about me if you like, because I don't care for publicity. However, you must not forget Donna Loria, and you cannot let the people forget her either. She was a very, very sweet girl, but Sam's a thirsty lad, and he won't let me stop killing until he gets his fill of blood. I want that on a t-shirt. Sam's a thirsty lad. That is a good line, yeah. He should have gotten into screenwriting instead of killing people. Yeah. On July 31st, 1977, a year and two days after the first shooting, the Donna Loria shooting, Stacy Moskowitz and Robert Violante were the next targets. The couple was kissing in Robert's parked car when David Berkowitz approached and fired into their car four times. Violante lost an eye. Moskowitz later died of her, of her uh, wounds. Cecilia Davis was walking her dog in the area at the time, and she noticed a car being ticketed for being parked near a fire hydrant, and she saw a young man around the car wielding a dark object. It was too dark to see what exactly it was, though. Davis ran home after hearing the shots fired and later contacted police after a few uh, fear-filled days. One of the cars that the police investigated at the time was a 1970 Ford Galaxy belonging to... David Berkowitz. Yes. David was living in Yonkers at the time, and police in Yonkers had already, sus- already suspected him of some crimes in the area, and they also maintained a suspicion that David Berkowitz might be the son of Sam. So he was already on the radar a little bit. A spot search of David's car in Yonkers found a rifle and a bag of ammunition in the back seat, and not wanting a standoff, the police waited until David was going to his car before apprehending him. Upon entering the car after detaining Berkowitz, they found a forty-four caliber bulldog revolver in a paper bag, just as you would find in the in the crime in the crime scenes. Differing stories have emerged about the first conversation David had with arrested detective John Falatico, but what is clear is that he confessed almost immediately. And when they took a closer look at his apartment, it was covered in satanic graffiti. He had notes on hundreds of fires he'd purportedly set in and around New York, too. So that fire thing was still something he was apparently doing a lot. He was just starting all these little fires all the time. Right. And as far as why he did this, David blames demonic possession for his actions, though he later denied it. And it was also in that letter, of course. Well, obviously, Father Sam. Yeah, he later denied it. Uh, Police records of a confession say... That his he thought that his neighbor Sam Carr's black Labrador retriever was possessed by an ancient demon who demanded the blood of pretty young girls. Berkowitz now is saying the whole thing about the dog was something the media made up, but police released it that he told them that his neighbor's dog was possessed by a demon. Is, is uh, Berkowitz still with us? Yeah, he's still alive. Okay, he had a heart attack in 2017, but he's still alive. He's still in, still alive, still in prison, but. 
he says that it was uh, Samael or Samael, S A M A E L. That's who he he was thought he he was possessed by or he was talking to, because he still believe, believes he was possessed by a demon. And despite all this, three separate examiners examined David Berkowitz and he declared him mentally competent to stand trial. He well- which I I don't get how anybody can be considered mentally competent that can do something like that. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. Like, I guess that there's like certain perimeters and certain guidelines that they follow. I think the guideline is, do they understand that what they did was wrong? Like, do they understand that it's wrong to kill somebody? What if he really does think that he was possessed? Then. And, and hold on though. You're saying about, okay, let, let, Think about this, though. Mm-hmm. What, like, in the Bible, right? They talk about God being like a uh, how how God kills, uh-huh. because God is a vengeful God, right? You know, what if these people believe that kill? Like, this is this is here. To, here's what what I don't understand because if you look at the military, like we talked about this before. In the military, if you kill somebody, you get a medal. You get a medal. Yeah. That's okay. That's a good thing right. because you're doing it's justice and you're righteous and you're doing the right thing. What if he believes literally in his mind that he was doing the right thing? Um. Well, it doesn't matter because the military has that right. Well, especially in, in certain situations. I don't think somebody that's enlisted in the military can go and shoot their neighbor and get away with it. No, only brown people. Right, only only people in in countries where we want their oil. And now we just have a robot doing it anyway. Okay. Let's just move forward cuz that's yeah. I know people don't like to hear that. You know, there, there are people that are like, "Oh, well, I stand behind our police officers and our military." And it's like you're okay, you're you're just you're ignoring stuff. Yeah. To fit your narrative, and that's a disgusting narrative. Mm-hmm. So, going against the advice of his lawyers, who wanted him to plead insanity, wanted him to plead not guilty by reason of insanity, David Berkowitz pled guilty on May 8th, 1978. He just wanted to plead guilty. Okay. And he caused a scene at the sentencing, because when he was sentenced, he tried to jump out of a seven-story window, and then he loudly repeated, Stacy was a whore, I'd kill her again, I'd kill them all again. Hmm. And he was sentenced to six con- consecutive terms of 25 years to life in prison. And That's a way different song than Stacy's mom has got it going on. Yeah, it is. Imagine if, he, if that song was like, Stacy was a whore, I'd kill her again. That's Fountains of Yonkers. Yeah. So despite, posi- uh, despite objections by the prosecution now, David Berkowitz did become eligible for parole 25 years later in 2002. But at the time... He sent a letter to the then governor of New York, which was George Pataki, and he asked for his first parole hearing to be canceled. He has repeatedly said since then that he doesn't want parole. He should be in jail. He's also said, I don't think I'm a, I think I'm a different person now. I don't think I'm a danger to anybody. But he also understands that he probably should be in jail for what he did. And according to David, he said he joined a satanic cult in 1975 and many believe that he was not the only person involved in the Son of Sam shootings. So this is where it gets interesting and juicy because yeah. 
Because it could have been, uh, you know, like a, a Manson family type. Yeah, in fact, one of the people came, that he said was involved with this came from California, and everybody called him Manson too. Huh. Like, that was the name he went by. And a lot of the people in the families, the families of the victims think that other people have done it. In 1993, David told the press that he'd only killed three of the six victims that died. Donna Loria, Alexander Assal, and Valentina Siriani. And they were killed in two separate shootings. Donna Loria was the first one. I think the other one was the sixth one. And according to this version of events, the cult members were also involved in everything. They were planning it, plotting it out, executing each attack. David claimed that John and Michael Carr, who were literally the sons of Sam Carr, the Sam that's where so, Sam came from. So when were you involved. were when you were mentioning his neighbor Sam Carr uh-huh. earlier, I'm thinking in my head, I wonder if that's where it took the name Son oh, of yeah, Sam. Absolutely. Okay, that is absolutely where it came from. So now there are literal sons of yeah. Sam. David claims that John and Michael Carr, who were literally the sons of Sam, were involved, and that John Carr was the one who shot Donna DeMacy and Joanne Lamino, and police remain confident that he acted alone they had an fbi profiler john douglas who interviewed david for hours and came out with the conclusion that he was such an introverted loner that he couldn't be involved that deeply in a group activity but there are a lot of people who think that the cars and some other people were involved and that that, that wasn't just david berkowitz yeah it seems like at this point the cops just want him to be yeah the guilty one so they're just ignoring and any also, other possibilities and also this came out in 1993 and john and michael carr both died in the 70s they died relatively soon after oh really the whole son of sam thing yeah one of them i think was an accident i think the other one committed suicide so yeah they, they were long dead when david berkowitz came out with this and it's funny, one of the dispatchers at one of the last attacks was their third brother. One of their bro- one of the car brothers, uh, there was another brother that wasn't involved, according to David, in the attacks, but was a police dispatcher who sent sent out the cops to one of the attacks. Huh. So, what, what does he think about this? I don't know. I couldn't find anything about that. But, David Berkowitz is pretty much believed by some in the official stories he's the son of sam and even if he even if it was a whole thing he was involved in a lot of it and he actually did kill three oh, and people. that's yeah but and he's he could, he's already admitted that. yeah he's admitting to that and, and what and at this point what also what benefit is there for him to lie it's not like he's gonna get out of jail well that's that's yeah. exactly where my mind's going mm-hmm. is like he knows he's never getting out yeah he knows that he's already admitted to enough to um i guess maybe put him to death or well, yeah, well, no, never get out. At yeah, least. He's, he's never getting out and he's not being executed. So what's the point? Yeah, there's no point in lying. I, I, I find that there is something to this story. Yeah, very, very, very possible that there is. And another thing that happened here is that David Berkowitz became a born again Christian in 1987. And since then, he has started referring to himself as the son of hope. He's no longer the son of Sam. He's the son of hope. He has released some writings through a local ministry, but he doesn't make a profit off of them. And that's a big, big point in this. Because the prospect of him selling selling and marketing his story came up very early on in the in the case because there were a lot of people worried that he was going to make money off of being the son of Sam. Right. So New York enacted what is called a, the, a son of Sam law, which they have in a lot of states now, which basically prevents criminals from selling their story for a profit if they were convicted of a crime. And that's one of the things that's been like a lasting, lasting benefit, or not benefit, but... But he wasn't even trying to, right? 
There were where like, was he? he? There were talks he was going to sell, like get a book deal or something like that, or he was talking with people. I, and a lot of it came from that he had. So he had this guy who was an exorcist come in and interview him, and people thought, oh, he's going to be writing a book about this, and they didn't want him cashing in on murdering people. So these Son of Sam laws came about. Yeah, it's really interesting. I didn't know about the uh, about John Carr or the, uh, yeah. the other brother. What was David, I believe. Not David. Uh, David Carr is a football player. Michael Carr. Michael. Okay. Yeah. David and Derek Carr are both uh, NFL quarterback. Well, David Carr is no longer an NFL quarterback. So, yeah, that's, that's a very interesting story. One of the more famous serial killers. There, yeah. I don't know if he's quite Mount Rushmore. I, know Bund- he's, I don't know if he's up there with Bundy, Manson, but he's definitely right around that level. Who are the two brothers? They the killed two. their parents. Oh, the Menendez brothers. They weren't even serial killers. Yeah. Though. I'm just talking about serial killers. killers. So that that was that was his whole thing, and yeah, as I said, he's still alive today, still in prison. He at first he went to Attica, and he he was like it was he was miserable there. He got attacked, he got his face slashed. He wound up being transferred to a different prison, and yeah, still there today. Older guy now, obviously, and having some heart troubles, but he's still alive. He maintains a website. It's not updated a lot. I actually looked at it. It's, I think the last update was after his heart surgery in 2017. It's a very, very old-looking website, too. It has a hit counter at the bottom. <laughs> Remember hit like counter? Like Geocities? Yeah. Type, yeah. Geocities. I always called it Geocities. Did you really? Not for real. Oh. I knew it was Geocities. So, That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, crazy story. And No, I was talking about that he uses a hit counter. <laughs> that's, that's even crazier. Yeah. So that's the son of Sam. Again, it's a... Um, an anniversary of it and if you're sticking around for our patreon bonus content we're going to be talking about another anniversary the The son of walmart no the 25th anniversary of the murder of megan kanka oh okay yeah yeah i remember her she had sores that's canker Hmm. it's those really swollen ankles that cankles yeah this was going for can't make fun of uh, megan's laws we can't make Megan Zoll's jokes. No, and that and that's where Megan's Law comes comes from. If you don't know who Megan Kanka is, she was a seven year old girl who was um, raped and murdered by a neighbor. This joke is awful. No, this, no, this isn't a joke. This happened. Yeah, this is this is a horrible story, and it is why because that murderer was a. We'll get into it a lot more deeper on the Patreon thing because that murderer was a twice convicted sex offender. That is why you have these registries now in Megan's Law where sex offenders are, there's a database and you can see where they are in your neighborhood because uh, this is the, the the case that really put that forward. I found it strange uh, that it's funny because we both worked with people that were on yeah. these things. You'd worked with someone uh-huh. and uh, I remember uh, I worked at Pathmark and... There's this guy that I would sit with on break, an older guy, really nice guy. And uh, one day for the hell of it, I was just looking at, and this is like way after I I moved away from Folsom, because uh, you remember when I was living in Folsom for yeah. a bit. And I just happened to look up, you know, people from that area, like to see, and he was on there. Like this guy that I worked with, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, that is fucking crazy shit." Do you think that 
people that are on there should be, uh, do you think that other people should be warned about it? Like coworkers and stuff? It depends. It depends on what they did. Like the severity of it? Yeah, like, because I think you can even get on there for like peeing in public. That's disgusting. Like, like, theoretically, you're taking your dick out, so you're exposing yourself in public. I don't think... Uh, here, here's the thing. I know this is going to be very whatever. I don't think any kind of uh, flashing uh, genitalia at all should ever be considered that, mm-hmm. w- whether it be a woman flashing a breast, because I'm sure that there's been a woman that has tried to breastfeed yeah. and has pulled her breast out. Uh, try to feed her kid and somebody has complained and mm-hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure that's happened somewhere. Um, I don't know for a fact, but it, it shouldn't be a problem. Right. I also don't think that showing a penis should ever be a problem or a vagina or a, a fucking asshole because I don't know, we're not supposed to be wearing clothes anyway. Well, for warmth. But we're not supposed to yeah. be wearing clothes. It does not hurt anybody to say that you've seen a penis and you're scarred for life is a lie. That's never happened. You've never been scarred by seeing something. Uh, you you may have seen an ugly penis and go, oh, that's ugly. But I've seen ugly women. Does that mean I'm scarred for life? Can I sue somebody for being like, oh, that woman's horrible. I'm gonna. You know, it's the same thing. It's a. It's taste. It's not. Uh, an actual like there's not psychology to it you're not really scarred by seeing a penis so if a man's outside and he pulls his penis out and pees in an alleyway and a kid walks by guess what kid's not hurt kid's not hurt by it yeah and i'm waiting for you to just kind of chime in yeah uh, that's why i left that open there (laughs) um yeah i think there's there's definitely a degree of this and and that and, and if somebody's peeing in an alleyway it's different than if they are a rapist. It's there's a gigantic of chasm. A, yeah, and I mean you can on those registers you can look up like and see what the crime was. Of course, but if you're on that lower level of it, then you shouldn't probably even be on. But that. my point is though is if a if a guy is outside and he's just standing there naked, you're not hurt. That's the thing is that I think that people are crying foul, like they're they're. Yeah. They're pretending to be bothered by seeing something. Like, why is that on there? Why is that a an option to even be on some kind of Megan's Law thing? Like, yeah, and I, exposing I, genitalia should not be there. That, to me, is a more religious thing. That's that coming from that religious right where they're like, oh, you, we can't show things. That's inappropriate. You know? Like, years ago, like, if you flashed a belly button. Mm-hmm. You would get in trouble. Oh yeah! If yeah. you fl- if you showed so much of a, of of a leg, yeah, like if your skirt wasn't. But my, my re- I remember because it, it, what people find attractive is so weird. I remember growing up, my grandpa and my my uncle would sit there and they would sexualize the fuck out of like women on TV. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that, I remember, I remember this conversation happening. I remember they go, oh man, she's got a great leg on her, and I go, what's she a turkey? <laughs> What the fuck? What the fuck you mean? She's got. What does that even mean? A great leg on her. And most women have two. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I just. I, I think it's silly that like of what. 
Yeah, but yeah, like a lot of people, that was like a big thing. Legs were a big thing. And how is that a fucking thing? Like, yeah, you could find like, so, like, oh, uh, look at the gams on that one. Like, it's just such a silly thing. But yeah, you, they, they, you had to cover it up because that. I think that was also like, yeah, there was something that was covered up and then like show a little leg and then it became like, like there was an old Jerry Seinfeld joke I about how Seinfeld joke with the wig. Or well, what he said is if. If women decided all all together to just shave their heads, yeah. wear swimming caps, and then walk around completely naked. That's what it was, swim caps, not wigs. Then yeah. Playboy magazine would have the skulls of the Big Ten and like, yeah. Yeah, all those things. Yeah. It's true, though. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely true. It's just it's bonkers to me, though, that people are still uh, like okay with this. Like that this is still a fucking thing. Like if I, if I walked outside right now and I pull my dick out. I shouldn't be arrested for having my fucking penis out. Like, why should I be? Because it's a decent exposure. Like, what does decent mean? Who came up like, you know, like who who's who's writing these rules and where are they? Who, Governments. Who's, who's it hurting though? But who's it hurting? People who would rather not see it. I don't. I, I, it's that's not hurting. Right. It's and that's not hurting. But that's like, why people need to fight against it. It's like if there's a black kid. Who's walking with his underwear hanging out, you know, in certain places, like in certain places in the South. I know that at some uh-huh. point that this is true, that the, you could get fined or arrested if yeah, you were ridiculous. exposing your underwear. Yeah. Well, I, it's equally as ridiculous as if you pulled your penis out. So what? Again, who's it hurting? It's not hurting. You know who it hurts? The person that gets a fine or arrested that's exposing their penis. That's who it hurts. It hurts them. You know, because now they have to pay for something because you don't want to see it. That's like saying, oh, you have uh, extra skin on, like fat, you know, loose skin on your arms. And I think it's Mm -hmm. gross. I think you should cover that. And if you show your loose skin on your arms, you're going to get fined or arrested. You know? Right. It's It's whatever. It's an arbitrary thing. Laws are inherently arbitrary, so... I, it's the it's, society we've agreed to be in. Well, we haven't agreed. We're kind of nah. born into it, but yeah, that is those is the rules. I guess them's them's is the rules, them's and them's the needs rules. to be changed. Them's needs to be changed because it is fucking stupid. Well, anyway, so so yeah. that that's us co-sponsoring the uh, get your cock out act of 2019. No, don't get Coming it out because to you're going to get in trouble. Uh, no, we're going to make it legal. That's not how you make it legal. We're going to write our congressman on our dicks. <laughs> We're gonna write it on our dicks, and we're gonna go outside, swing it around. Now, you, you know, who, dick. you know who would be against that though would be feminists, because feminists feminists hate penises. They hate penises, so you know they they kind of shoot themselves in the foot. That's why they can't get like. That's why people like that they need guys. They they need the help of the guys that are showing their dicks and fucking DMs. <laughs> You know, those guys that are like showing their fucking, they're like, oh, I'm being assaulted by this penis. Oh, oh." and then those guys are like, oh, really? Not going to help you now that you want this whole free the nipple fucking movement. Sorry, but you need our help. And I'm not going to, I'm not saying that I'm that guy. I'm just saying that that's, you know, that's what's going to fucking, that's what it's going to boil down to. It's going to be the eye for the eye that leaves the world blind. Crazy. We live in a weird fucking world, man. We do. We live in a weird fucking world. You know what else is weird? How some people leave this world. That's very weird. Oh? Yeah. Is this a segue? It may be. Oh, man. But you know what would make it an even better segue? If it was the segue thing from last week. From last week. Yeah. Or. What an idiot. Or. 
What can make it even better is Ooh. this. Hit it. It's time for another game of Who Died the Worst. Yep, it's time to play everybody's favorite game, Who Died the Worst? You know how it works, don't yeah. you? Or did oh, yeah. you forget that, too? Mm, no. Did you forget that part of the show? Unfortunately. Oh, yeah, you don't like Who Died the Worst. That's mm. right. I love it. Who Died the Worst is a fun game, and people enjoy it. So, occasionally we try to do some kind of theme to Who Died the Worst, and then this week is no different. This is the New York-themed edition of Who Died the Worst. Ooh, New york theme. These are, uh, yeah... David Berkowitz, New York. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Well, pizza. Funny you should mention the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Well, uh, is it really funny? We'll just yeah, because let's just jump right into it. The first death: a truck driver was killed on a Wednesday morning after a manhole cover exploded on the Cross Bronx Expressway and flew through the truck's windshield, hitting the driver in the head. The 35-year-old tractor-trailer driver was going Casey Jones. Now, he played cricket. Cricket? You gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. The driver was going westbound in the middle lane of the Cross Bronx Expressway near Jerome Avenue at about 5.30 a.m., according to police. The manhole cover exploded in the air, went through the front windshield, and hit him in the head. Okay. Apparently, this happens quite a bit in New York, but it usually doesn't kill anybody. I guess there's so much pressure, air pressure, yeah. air pressure in the winter yeah. that... It just forces the manhole covers to pop off. They have off. to put, they have to like get more holes yeah. and, and things to alleviate. Yeah. And they're it, very heavy too. They're like cast iron and. Or put locks on them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because manhole covers just kind of. Cover uh, the manhole? Yeah. They, they, of course. But I'm talking about like, maybe, maybe you have to twist it to get it off with some yeah. kind of like thing. I, I'm going to patent. Just put some Loctite on there. Okay. Yeah, just throw a little Loctite on the manhole cover. What's then that? he can't get it open. It's uh, it's these things that tighten screws and make screws like screw in better. Yeah, I think if they uh have some kind of like, you know, you screw on like a uh, no, that's not, that's not where I'm going. Like a, not like a cap, but like basically like a mason you, jar or something. You no, know, if you have like a round lid, right? Uh-huh. But then you have things that kind of come out. Uh, on either side yeah so that way you have to screw it like it so it locks in that way it okay. can't just you know shoot up i'll draw i'll draw one okay. up and i'll put it on yeah. the page of the you get the blueprint where all the pictures go yeah that picture page yeah, yeah the picture page it'll that, be on that, there that totally 100 percent real picture page yeah it exists <laughs> so it's like the wwe hall of fame <laughs> it exists and, and it's theoretical we haven't made a wrestling reference yeah 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 we were short of them yeah so, death number one is death by a windshield coming through your car window and hitting you and killing you. Or, not a windshield, a manhole cover. An exploding manhole cover f- comes through your, your car windshield and it hits you in the head and you die. That's death number one. Okay. Death number two takes us to Manhattan. 37-year-old Tina Wen was killed in Manhattan's West Village by a piece of plywood that was blown out of a luxury condo development in 40-mile-an-hour winds. Oh. The Philadelphia native was pushed into a wall at a parking garage. I knew garage. it. I knew these fucking New Yorkers had it out for us. Yep. She was pushed into a wall at a parking garage and struck her head. 
the four by eight foot sheet of plywood separated from the security fence across the street. The plywood came from the new construction in the Greenwich Lane, or St. Philly, the Greenwich Lane, a 200 unit development in five buildings and five townhouses that stands on what was once the site of St. Vincent's Hospital. And to make this story even sadder, uh, Tina Wynn was, this is, this happened on St. Patrick's Day. She was engaged to be married. Her wedding was coming up. And then they buried her in her wedding dress. She had already had her wedding dress. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm trying to find, like, a, a joke here. Like, it was like a win-lose situation. <laughs> they buried her in her wedding dress. Yep. That she's, is fucking awful. She's married to the ground now. Poor. That really sucks, man. That does. That's, that's I knew that they had it out for Philly. Yeah. Fucking New Yorkers. So death number three, this takes us all the way back to 1988, because you would think this would happen a lot, but it doesn't. In 1988, 37-year-old Vito DiGiorgio died. Now, hold on. She was also 37. Yeah. And how old was the first guy? No idea. 35. He was 35. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I thought I thought you would have hit us with 337. No. Okay. No, that would have been the crazy, though. In 1988. That would have been the crazy. That would have been the crazy. That's the crazy. All right, let's get on. With it. In 1988, 37-year-old Vito DiGiorgio died after an air conditioner fell seven stories from a building on East 23rd Street. DiGiorgio was hit at 1.20 p.m. and was pronounced dead at Bellevue Hospital about two hours later. So death number one, we're going to go back to the top. Death number one is death by manhole cover. An exploding manhole cover comes through your car's windshield and hits you in the head and kills you. Death number two is a piece of plywood blows... Our winner's death number two. Oh, because of the Philly thing? Yeah. They're coming after Philly? Yeah. All right. Fuck you, New York. And then number three would have been death by air conditioner. What, what gets second place? The falling air conditioner or the falling manhole cover? Would you rather... Die? Gosh, see, this is... This is tough, man. This is really tough. Uh, these are all good ones. I wish that you would give me a softball, you know, uh... We seem to make a pretty easy decision here. I only made it because I, I'm tired of New Yorkers with their fucking hate of Philadelphia, all right? Fuck you, New York, okay? How about that? How about that? How about... How about, uh, planes didn't attack the fucking Liberty Bell? Huh? Somebody did try to break it with a hammer once, though. Oh, God. A fucking moron. Uh, I don't know. That's really tough, man. Because you're walking down the street and a fucking air conditioner falls. Yeah. Like like it's a fucking acme. <laughs> yeah. An uh, anvil. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a fucking. Remember, like back in the day, they would have like a piano that would yeah. fall or something like that. Uh -huh. Like that's pretty. Like you got killed. Like you're in Looney Tunes. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's pretty fucking embarrassing. How'd he die? Looney Tunes. <laughs> Oh, um, or like a really doing bad love trying to catch a roadrunner or like a really bad Abin Costello bit or something. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, that's embarrassing, mm -hmm. but then you have another one. How he, how'd you die? Oh, fucking manhole cover came flying up and went through a winch. That's, it's kind that's of embarrassing too. Yeah. But then, then you have the piece of wood intentionally thrown by New Yorkers to somebody from Philly. It was the wind. Hmm. Win killed win? Yes. Yes. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that one. Conspiracy, I smell. Do you think it was Eli Manning? Yeah. Uh, no, he uh, couldn't. Coach? He, he couldn't have thrown a uh 
He couldn't have thrown that that far. Yeah. And that accurately. Oh, uh, coach. Fucking. I, I, I'm still going with that one just because. Okay. But, but number two would have to. I don't know. It's, it's tough. tough. It is tough. Because I, I think it's, it's, it's wherever you want to go. I, I say, you know, I, I say number two would be the air conditioner just because of Looney Tunes thing and then the, then the Ninja Turtles death. Okay. So there's the full ranking. For, now, how would you do it? I think the worst one is the air conditioner. Okay. Yeah, like you said, you're just walking down the street, not a care in the world, and then an air conditioner falls on your head and kills you. Yeah. And, and then, then I think number two for me would be the manhole. I think the I think the least bad one is the. It's bad because of all the things around it, it being near a wedding day and all those things. But it's, it's fucking windy. Yeah, shit blows around in the wind. Yeah, but air conditioners also fall out of the fucking. Yeah. They're all bad. They're all bad. These are all bad I ways think, to go. I think that... That's what makes this a hard game. I think that the one that could have been... One that could have been avoided easily would be the air conditioner one. You know? Like, if you hear it falling or... You really need to pay attention. And constantly be looking up. God, I always am. Why do you think I fucking hate New York City? You have to have your head on a swivel for air conditioning. Dude, I hate it being in that fucking place. I, I would have, like, fucking panic attacks looking up. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Oh, God. Are you superhuman? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you don't get into a wrestling reference, if you don't know who superhuman is, it's H-U-M-M-A-N, like humming. Humming. <laughs> yeah, so look up superhuman on fucking YouTube. This YouTube, guy, Twitter. He, he's ridiculous, this kid. He will, he'll, he'll like... He's superhuman, blah, 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 and he does whatever his thing is, and then he jumps through, like, a board of, like, Legos or thumbtacks, fucking typewriter. Like, <laughs> light tubes, a light, microwave. Yeah, but he, he will just jump through anything, this kid. He's crazy. But then, as he's about to jump, he, he screams, fuck this shit, and then he jumps. And then he, he writhes in pain. Yeah, so. And that. he'll be, uh, he's actually going to be going to a wrestling show in New Jersey in, uh, in about two months. All right. Well, that's our show. Let's yeah. wrap it up. Uh, questions or comments, you can email us at murdermydude at gmail.com. Yep. All our social media is murdermydude except for Facebook, which is podcast my dude. Uh, yeah, man. Um, rate, review. Five stars on iTunes would be mighty helpful, fellas. Yeah. Uh, and fillets. 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 I like fillets. Um, yeah, so do that. And if you can't get enough of me, you can catch me this Thursday on the Tornado Tag Podcast over with our friends at Interviews with Everyday People. We actually broke into, I think this was after you stopped listening on, on this past Thursday, we almost kind of broke into a, a mini episode of Murder My Dude at the end. Oh, gosh. We got into a debate over the death penalty. <laughs> who Who was for it? Uh, Tony. Our, our good friend Tony was, uh, or no, against the death penalty. I think uh, one of the other hosts was for it. Uh, I'm going to guess Dave. I think, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's but, not, not shocking. But, yeah, so uh, if you're in the wrestling, there's more wrestling there. Uh, if you're in the murder, consider being a patron, because we're going to be talking... We're going to murder people. Yeah. yeah uh, you give us enough money, we will kill somebody. <laughs> consider being a patron, and for $2 a month, you get an extra half hour a week, basically, 20 minutes to 30 minutes a week. That's pretty much an entire extra show by the end of it. We play our new game, the Florida Man game, is exclusive right now to the Patreon. We'll be playing that today. You didn't like it at first, but then you warmed up to it last week. Yeah. So there, there's I like all that. It. I like it way better than Who Died the Worst. <laughs> so you got to pay for the good stuff. That's how they get you. 
And we will see you next week with more murder. My dude. Dude, dude, Mm. my dog just told me to go outside and take my dick out.